Hi, my name's Grant Fishbook, and I am honored to be the lead teaching pastor here at Christ the King Church in Bellingham, Washington. Thank you so much for choosing to access this online content today. We really hope you'll enjoy this message. One of our values here at Christ the King is biblical face-to-face -face community. And so while we are so excited that you joined us today online, I really want to encourage you. Make sure that this is never a placement for face-to-face -face biblical community. Your story matters, you matter, and we want to see you get connected in a local church. Now, if you're here in our area, we would love to have you join us at any one of our five campuses. But if you find yourself outside of the Bellingham area, we really want you to get connected into a local church. So we hope and pray that that happens for you very, very soon. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm glad that you're here. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant. I want to thank the sleep-in service for showing up. Sometimes I don't know if you guys are coming. And so I appreciate that you guys are showing. I want to thank uh, everybody who's watching online. we got a whole bunch of people that watch online every week, so a special welcome to you. Also want to uh, thank all of the students that are returning. Uh, if you're a Western Whatcom, uh, Bellingham Technical College, or Northwest Indian College student, and you're on your way back, or you're here for the very first time, we're glad that you're here. Thanks for coming and joining us here Christ the King. So I was at Costco a couple of weeks back and I got to observe an epic child meltdown. I had unbelievable empathy for the mom because she was doing her best to try and navigate that situation as a parent. As a parent, you understand what it feels like because you have been there when your kid just spins in a circle emotionally and there's nothing you could do. This mom's little boy was crashing emotionally. I have no idea what set him off, but something set him off. He couldn't speak. He was shaking. He was upset. He was twitching. The mom was doing her best to try and keep him kind of like hemmed in as best she could. She was avoiding the stairs of other judgmental parents that were walking past thinking to themselves, my kid would never do that. Just so you know, if you ever think that, Jesus will make your kid do that just to humble you. <laughs> I'm just telling you, okay? And the mom used a common parenting technique that I've seen many, many times. She just looked at the little boy. She took his little face in her hands and said, use your words. Use your words. And the little boy did. He said, and I quote, I don't like you. I'm not sure she will ever ask him to use his words again after that, but that mom, without knowing it, helped me sum up this entire series in one sentence. Use your words. Use your words. 
We finished a series called When God Says over the last number of weeks. When God says stop, when God says look, when God says go. And focused on words that God said to us. This series is about seven words that God has given us to use that I believe if we use them in a biblical sense can actually transform our lives and even transform our community. I'm going to tell you what the seven words are before we even get started. Thanks, yes, no, help, sorry, enough, and ask. Those seven words. Let me tell you something about those seven words. We tend to overcomplicate them. We tend to qualify them or even apologize for them instead of embracing the freedom that they were to give us and other people. My heart is that we would just get back to using them as God intended. For the next seven weeks, we're going to embrace the power of words because the Bible says this in Proverbs 18, the tongue is the power of life and death, which means this, out of your mouth can come life or death, blessings or curses. Your words can inspire a dream or they can kill a dream in an instant depending on how you use them. Seven words, seven weeks, and the first word is thanks. Thanks. I am not thankful for mosquitoes, acne, clocks, and speed limits. And let me tell you why. I woke up with a bump on my forehead two weeks ago. I thought I had been bit by a mosquito. I hate mosquitoes. I don't use the word hate lightly. I grew up in Manitoba where mosquitoes are big enough to carry off small children. And so I have the right to say I hate mosquitoes. I've been bitten by them more times than I can count. And I just, I hate them. I went to the mirror to examine my mosquito bite and found out it was not mosquito bite, it was acne. Okay? When you're over 50, you should not have to be dealing with acne oh, anymore. So I'm even more bitter. It wasn't a bite, it was acne. I'm not thankful. I've never met a human being that was thankful for acne ever in my entire life. And so I'm looking at the thing that I thought was a bite, find out that it's a pimple. I'm dealing with that. And then I look at a clock. I'm not thankful for the clock. The clock then told me I was late because I was dealing with this problem on my forehead. So I run out the door on my way to a meeting. And because I can't get to the meeting in time, I'm not thankful for speed limits in that moment. Okay. And the Apostle Paul in Scripture, in the holy inspired Word of God, has the audacity to say this to me as I'm dealing with a mosquito bite, acne, clocks, and speed limits. He says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I read that verse and I think to myself, apparently Paul never had to deal with mosquitoes, acne, clocks, and speed limits. Because if he had, he wouldn't be asking me to do this. Can we agree that that is a difficult verse to obey? Give thanks in all circumstances, the easy ones, the blessed ones, the confusing ones, the hard ones, the painful ones, in all of them, give thanks because that's God's actual will for you, which means this, conversely, if you're not grateful when the roof leaks, if you're not giving thanks when the tire's flat, if you're not giving thanks when the kids are ungrateful, if you're not thankful when the hawks go 0 and 16, <laughs> let's be real, then my Bible says you're outside of God's will. I meet a lot of believers who struggle with the idea of God's will. I don't know how to find God's will. So we read scripture, we buy books. It's like, this is how I find God's will. This verse says, if you want to know God's will for your life today, right now, rejoice, pray, give thanks. Period. Here's my conviction. I think gratitude's a lifelong process. 
I know this for sure. Gratitude is not a one-time thank you. Wall Street Journal ran an article this past February. It caused quite a stir in the United States. The article was pointing towards a trend in parenting that's creating entitled children. Research shows more and more kids are not being taught how to use the word thanks. And the resulting behavior is leading to a movement of childhood entitlement. Dr. Richard Weisbord, psychologist from the Harvard School of Education, made this statement. He says, parents were fed a myth that if children feel better about themselves, if their parents praise them, cater to their every need, and just focus on making them feel happy, that that will help them develop character. But what we're seeing in reality is exactly the opposite. He goes on, when parents organize their lives around their kids, their kids expect everyone else to do the same, and it leads to entitlement. He concludes with these words, when children are raised to feel entitled to everything, they're left feeling grateful for nothing. And it's not just a kid problem. The word thanks is disappearing in our adult world as well. And I'll tell you what, I don't believe it's a psychological problem. I believe it's a spiritual problem. And I believe God has called His church to remedy that problem in this community starting today. How can we change it? How can we embody the powerful word of thanks? Let me give you a few encouragements today. Use the word with God and people. Use the word with God and people. I want to invite you into an experiment. Normally, I get up in the morning, I get ready, I jump in my car, I head towards Bellingham, and I turn on talk radio. Listen to Joe Tian, KGMI. He gives me news, weather, and sports. That's all I need, right? I want to find out what's going on in my world, but I've changed my routine. Now, before the radio goes on, I stop for just a second. I thank God for His holiness, His character, His hope, the gift of my family, and then I thank Him for at least one challenge that I know I'm going to face that day. And I've learned something. It changes me. It changes the way I approach my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It changes you when you can thank God for simple facts. We should all be very thankful today that we're breathing. There are other options. We should be thanking God that we're upright and taking nourishment. There are other options. We could be thanking God for the mountains that we couldn't see this morning because we know that they are there We could be thankful for the fact that he's giving Whatcom County a drink of water after a really long, dry summer. We can thank God for grace and mercy. The Bible says over and over again to God's people, I know it seems simple. I know it seems remedial. I know it seems kindergarten-ish. If it is, we should be able to do it very simply. The Bible keeps saying, thank God. Thank God. Just start there and then start using that same word with people. I did a quick poll in Whatcom County with all of the baristas and restaurant servers that I encountered this past week. I asked them a simple question. What percentage of your customers actually say thank you? Simple question. The average answer, 3%. Blew my brain. 3%. That's horrible. The only thing that changed it Actually, that lifted it was a little bit was a wonderful young lady named Savannah from Bakerview Woods over here who said, Grant, I think it's actually closer for me, 50%, but she goes, here's, here's how it happens. I always say thank you first. And then they say thank you in return. Do you understand that if just the people of this Christ the King campus would use the word thank you, that we could transform the hospitality industry in Whatcom County? 
by simply saying thank you. Just say thanks. It's not rocket science. It's actually biblically revolutionary. Listen to these words of Psalm 50. It says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me, which means God. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. We say thanks to God. The Bible says say thanks to God, but you can also offer that thanks to people. We've been talking about the Great Commission, the Great Commandment with this idea of neighboring. Hope you realize after last weekend, this whole neighboring thing is not going away. It's not a campaign. It's not a fad. It's a value for us. If you have a resistant neighbor, try using that word with them. Hey, thanks for cleaning up after your dog. I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for keeping your yard so nice. I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for not calling the police last week. Tough night with the two-year-old, okay? It's just a simple thank you that can actually change the perspective that a human being has towards you and the Jesus that you love. I ran across a study of marriage satisfaction last week. Scientists and researchers found a correlation between the longevity of a marriage and the spouse's ability to simply communicate gratitude to each other. They also found a correlation between marital dissatisfaction and the absence of a single word. Thanks. So to the married people, when was the last time you expressed gratitude to your spouse? Now back up the truck on that human reaction. I didn't ask you when was the last time your spouse expressed gratitude to you. (laughs) Keep your eye on your own soul, all right? When was the last time you expressed gratitude to your spouse? The Bible says it's a sacrifice, and it is. You might have to lay down a hurt before you can say thank you. You may have to go first before you say thank you. When was the last time you expressed gratitude? To the students in the room, when was the last time you expressed gratitude to your parents if they were able to buy you a mini fridge when you moved into your college dorm? You're just like, I didn't, I paid for it myself. Awesome. When was the last time you thanked God for the money to buy your mini fridge so you could put it in your room? To those that are employed in the room, when was the last time you thanked your employer for gainfully employing you? Well, granted, you knew my button. The Bible says that there are sacrifices that can move a human heart when we're simply able to use one of God's words. Let's keep going. How else can we embody this word of thanks? Here's another encouragement. Be grateful with godly perspective for today. Psalm 118, famous passage on gratitude says this. It contains a command. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. I love the fact that the songwriter who wrote this particular psalm put Israel in that second verse because there's so much rich backstory. Let me give it to you, okay? The people of Israel reject God. They end up in captivity in Egypt. Just for the record, every time we reject God, we end up in captivity. That's how sin works right? So the people of God reject God, end up in captivity and Egypt. God raises up a guy named Moses to go to the Pharaoh of Egypt and say the famous line, let my people go. There's a series of negotiations that go back and forth. Ten plagues later, the people of Israel are running for their lives. They find themselves whining and complaining in the wilderness and wandering out there. They're free for 40 years, but they're lost. And in true human fashion, they forget about the freedom that God just gave to them, and they start whining and complaining about the food. 
God provides manna from heaven to feed them as they wander in the wilderness. Literal translation of the Hebrew word for manna, it means, what's this? What's, what's this? That's, how, that's, how, that's what the word means. Manna was honey-infused bread that fell from heaven every day, and it was a steady diet of God's blessing. But the people looked at it, and after a few days, it's like, what's this? The same stuff over and over again. I want you to listen just to a moment of unbelievable irony because they forget the provision of God. They forget the freedom. And this is what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 11. It says, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. This, what's this? We want meat. Do you remember the menu in Egypt? Oh my goodness, the cantaloupe, the honeydew, the tilapia, the onions, the garlic, the flavor, the food was so good. They're focused on the menu. What were they forgetting? They were slaves in Egypt. You know why they were being fed for free in Egypt? It's so they could go out under the hot sun and do manual labor. God set them free from that slavery, provided food for them in a desert where there was nothing. And what do they end up saying? We don't want any more. What's this? We want filet mignon, medium rare with mushrooms because we should be entitled to that kind of a blessing. You ever done that? Boy, I have. God sets me free from something I did to myself, and I'm thankful for about a day. And then I forget where I came from, and I start demanding an upgrade. God, I think I'm actually entitled to more. I want you to listen to God's response. <laughs> this is harsh. You don't believe that this is in your Bible. You should read Numbers chapter 11 for yourself. God gives a word to Moses, the pastor. He goes and talks to the people because they've been complaining about the fact that they're sick of what's this and they want meat. And this is God's response through Moses. He says, the Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. Not just for one day or two days or five or 10 or 20, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you have rejected the Lord. That's good parenting right there. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> if you've ever said to your kids, you need a reason to cry, I'll give you a reason to cry. It's biblical. You got a verse now that you can use. And we just shake our head at the Israelites. It's like, how in the world could they be so ungrateful? How can we be? So ungrateful, so lacking in the word thanks. You know, I've learned something. Whenever I start whining and complaining, it always ends up at some level with a rejection of God's provision. I think we all get caught in this when-then thinking, right? When I get meat, then I'll be thankful. When I get out of middle school, then I will be thankful. When I get out of high school and get on to post-secondary education, then I'm going to be thankful. When I get out of college and get that career that I want more than anything, then I'll be thankful. When I get married, 
then I'll be thankful. When my spouse changes, then I will be thankful. Boy, when we have kids, then I'm going to be thankful. When we get the kids out of diapers, then we're going to be thankful. When those kids get out of middle school, then we'll be thankful. When those kids get out of my house, I am going to be so unbelievably thankful. When I retire, I'll be thankful. Someday, somewhere, somehow, I'll get around to being thankful. Here's the problem with when I get meat kind of thinking. It lives in tomorrow, not today. It's attached to something or someone that may or may not be real. And it completely forgets about everything that God provided for you today. Psalm 118 starts with these words, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. 23 verses later, this is the verse that shows up in Psalm 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's so simple. Give thanks for the provision of today without grumbling and never forgetting the freedom that God offered you as a gift. Actually, let it come out of your mouth. God, thanks. Let's keep on moving. Here's another simple encouragement. Be the one to come back. We talked Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament just for a little bit. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to to die for your sin, for my sin. And he encounters 10 outcasts. They have an infection called leprosy. Leprosy at that time in history was terminal. It would kill you eventually. It was a contagious skin disease. And if you had it, cultural law actually said that if you encountered another human being, if you had leprosy, you were supposed to cover your mouth, avoid them, and scream the word unclean. I'm dirty. A group of outcasts in the book of Luke see Jesus from a distance. They're not allowed to get too close to him. And so they call to him, and these are the words they say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. How many of us can remember a moment like that? God, help me. God, help me. I'm dirty. I'm an outcast. Nobody wants anything to do with me. How many of us can still remember the, the moment when, when God could have rightfully turned his back on us because we were a little too messy for everybody else, but instead he shocked us and he turned towards us in that moment and he moved in the direction of our sickness and he pronounced healing over our soul. Jesus heals him. All ten. All ten. And this is what happens in Luke chapter 17. The Bible says one of them, one of them, when he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, which means he wasn't just a leprosy outcast, he was a cultural outcast. There was tension between Samaritans and Jews. I want to remind you, Jesus was Jewish. Verse 17, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where'd the other nine go? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go Your faith has made you well. Just come back. Come back and say thanks. Never forget the feeling of being washed as white as snow. Though your skin be, or though your sin be as scarlet, he will wash you as white as snow. Never stop coming back and thanking God for the great lengths he went to in order to save you. Be thankful. Stay thankful. Come back around and use the word. Thanks. 
Years ago, I got, I got a, a note from a kid named Chris. Chris was a kid that was back in our, our middle school and high school group back in Steinbach, Manitoba when I was a youth pastor back then. And I got this little note one day, saw the return address. I thought, that's interesting. I flipped it open. Chris was a bit of a cynical kid. He was always kind of out on the edges. Flipped open the note. This is what it said. Grant, thanks for showing me Jesus. You thought I wasn't listening, but I was. Thank you. Why have I kept that note for more than 10 years? Because when someone says thanks, it matters. It may be even more for them than it is for you. I needed those words that particular day. Chris came back around and he touched my heart in the deepest part of my soul. So I got a question. Who do you need to come back around to? Who do you need to go back to? Someone who maybe mentored you or stuck with you in a time when nobody else wanted to be around you. Who do you need to come back to and just use a single word? Thanks. And I think we all need to come back and start this process of using this word with Jesus. I mean, we think we need to start by giving thanks for Jesus. The Bible says without Jesus, we have nothing, we are nothing. That's what allows a hitman turned missionary to write these words in the book of Romans. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's do that. Thanks be to God today that He woke me up. He didn't have to. Thanks be to God today that when I walked out of the house, my, my beautiful, I married so far over my head, it's a crime. And she said, have an amazing day preaching and teaching. I don't deserve that. That's God's good grace in my life. Thanks be to God, the creator of all good things. Thanks to God that he allows the created to actually reflect back gratitude to him. Thanks be to Jesus, the author of our salvation. Thanks be to God that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. Thanks be to Jesus, our senior pastor, who gave up his life for his children, who sometimes whine and complain way more than they say thanks. Thanks be to God for his patience. Thanks be to God for his mercy. Thanks be to God that he gave us today to use my prayers that we would use a simple word to encourage somebody else. Thanks be to God for the opportunity that I've had to stand in front of you for almost 20 years. Thank you for the opportunity to unapologetically use the name of Jesus over and over and over again. Just for the record, that's the way it's been for the last 20. That's the way it'll be for the next 20. We're only going to use the name of Jesus because thanks be to God, the name of Jesus still heals, still saves, still transforms, still lights up an 1115 service so that somebody can say amen. Amen. I mean, thanks be to God for an opportunity to just use those words. Thanks. This is not in the notes. Let's go with it anyway. (laughs) Jeff Winton, I don't know where you are. Thank you for being the head of our safety team. It's a thankless job. But Jeff, thank you. (laughs) 
to the Hoffbauer family. Three of them are running cameras right now. One of them is running graphics in the back. The only time you notice them is when they make a mistake with the computer button. (laughs) They are faithful servants. They show up here every single week. Wayne, thank you for your family. Leo and Gladys, thank you for the little notes that you fill with the little tiny cards and the encouragement that comes into our mailbox every couple of weeks. Thank you so much for using that gift of encouragement. Rob Meyer, thank you for coaching high school football in Whatcom County. Thank you for helping guys see Jesus on the field. Thank you. To all the law enforcement and first responders in the room, thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for helping us. To the prayer team that shows up week after week after week, and sometimes there's people to pray with and sometimes there's not, thank you for standing up here. Whether you know it or not, when there's no one to pray for up here, they pray for the back of your head as you're walking out of here. Hey. There's a young lady sitting in this service right now. Her husband serves in our military and is on the other side of the world in a place think she knows the country, but that's about it. And she's going to be without her husband, even though they've only been married for a very short time, for the next six to nine months. You know who you are. Thank you. Do you you see what happens when we actually use the word? It touches hearts. It touches hearts. So can we just change the way the baristas and restaurant servers in Whatcom County have to deal with us this week? Can we be the crazy Bible-thumping Jesus freaks that actually listens to this basic command in Scripture and actually does it starting today? Can we use the word thanks? And see whether or not, maybe it's not just for us, but for everybody that's on the receiving end of it. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to continue to work this together and we're going to pray. And then we're going to respond to God. We're going to give back our hearts. Thank you, baby. It's okay. I take that as an amen, just so you know. But we're going to actually respond as a church. So we're going to pray and then we're going to, then we're going to say thank you. We're going to express our gratitude to God today. So would you pray with me? God, it's just such a simple thing but we get distracted. God, forgive us for not using this word more. God, help us this week to be disciplined in our heart and our soul to express our thanks. God, may we always start with you because without you, we're nothing. So Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for making it simple. God, thank you that you've given us words. 
May we be obedient this week in this simple command. God, the words are going to get harder and heavier as we walk through this series. But may we start in the small things. Lord, your word says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. So today, may we express thanks to those you put in our path. But we say thanks to you, the author of words. May our words be a blessing this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.